I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Some commentators say progressivism is becoming a major political force in Washington, D.C. Others cite a string of losses for President Biden in the administration and progressives in general. So what is it really? Let's dig in. Let's reach a little higher, search a little more. Let's start. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. There have been some things that would be seen as not necessarily losses, but at least setbacks in terms of a progressive agenda, in terms of minimum wage, police reform, immigration reform, uh, and a host of other things. And we wanted to look at this from a real strategic standpoint. And uh, one of the great strategic minds we know is Ben Burgess, who is the host of the show Give Them an Argument uh, and and is a great thinker and strategist. Uh, we don't always agree on policy, but we can always elevate the conversation. And Ben joins us on a Monday. Thanks for chiming in. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Uh, so as you as you look at some of the things going on in our nation's capital, again, uh, I think those on the far right are pointing to progressive losses. And uh, there's, there's just a lot of debate going on as, as who's really who's really the biggest problem for the president right now. Uh, is it the moderates? Is it the progressives? Uh, as you look at it from your unique perch, uh, how do you see what has played out and what do you see moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of who's the biggest problem for President Biden, it's really what? Uh, if he would actually be happy to just have the infrastructure bill and build some highways and not really upset uh, business interests that much, uh, then progressives are a problem for him, which, you know, from my perspective is a good thing. Uh, but if he really does want the, uh, the well, what's usually referred to, I think it's a little misleading, is the three and a half trillion, uh, you know, like reconciliation bill. Uh, then uh, the progressives have been great for him. And I guess I would just say in terms of what's a loss or not, mm. I think the question is it's compared to what? Because, uh, you know, when you think back to like the Obamacare debate, uh, there were all these people who said they were going to vote a no if it didn't have a public option ever since the full at, uh, at the end of the day. And just the fact Right now, there's this big progressive block that's actually holding the line and exercising some power. I, I think compared to how things were, that already seems like a win. Yeah, I, I think that's a. I think it's a really important point. It, it always is. Uh, it, it's so easy to chalk up wins and losses uh, in the headlines, uh, but we have to get past the headlines. And uh, as you rightly pointed out, Ben, it's uh, a loss compared to what. 
Uh, and then, the, and then, of course, the next thing is is what does come next. Uh, so, as you look at the, the path forward uh, for the progressives, uh, should it be just a focus on? And again, I think the the name three point five trillion uh, is not quite accurate. Uh, but as you look at kind of that uh, agenda and what they would like to see passed, is it all within that reconciliation bill, or is there another path that uh, progressives should be looking at? Yeah, I mean, I know there's been a lot of talk about, you know, going down maybe even as much as to uh, $2 trillion, at least the way that people have been framing it. Uh, I would say that the reason I find it a little bit misleading is that uh, that's $3.5 trillion over the course of 10 years. So uh, that that's, you know, averaging $350 billion a year, which is not a small amount of money. But, I mean, if we were going to play the same game with the Pentagon budget, you know, we would say that we're spending $7 trillion, you know, on that since the annual Pentagon budget is uh, is twice that. And I think it's also worth noting that, you know, what Biden ran on was uh, $6 trillion over the course of 10 years. Uh, certainly like what Bernie Sanders wanted uh, was much more than that. And even if everything passed, every single thing that's, that's in this, um, you know, three and a half trillion or, you know, 350 billion a year, uh, the free community college, uh, universal pre-K, uh, you know, family support, all of that stuff, uh, then we're still talking about like 1.2% of the total U.S. economy over the next uh, 10 years. And I, I guess to me, I, I just think maybe taking a little bit of a step back yeah. from like what might happen if they're like play by play immediately. The question is, I think we're going that 1.2, uh, you know, 1.2% of, of the economy might sound like a big ask. Uh, but if, if you think that there's a deep sense in which, in which things aren't fine, and a lot of people need help, then I think you can see why even a lot of progressives are now kind of in their desperation a version of this past willing to, you know, willing to negotiate on the exact price tag. But, you know, you can at least see why there's been such uh, a sense of urgency about at least doing this, because this right. is probably the biggest chance that Democrats are going to have to do anything significant, like at least in Biden's first term. Yeah, I, and I think that's an interesting uh, an interesting point there in terms of, uh, you know, what is in that? Is this the, the once-in-a-generation or at least once in a term opportunity uh, before we get to the midterms next year and so on. Uh, I've been dying to ask you, Ben, uh, if some of these things aren't sure. able to be to be folded into some of these larger packages, are some of these things uh, going to be, from the progressive point of view, will these be attacked more on kind of a federalism, uh, state by state, you know, in terms of things like minimum wage and uh, some of these other issues? Is that part of the the thinking or the calculus at all of, hey, if we can't, if, if all of this stalls out and we can't move the needle on any of these right now, is there a, a state-by-state approach mm-hmm. to some of these? Yeah, I mean, I think that probably will actually happen for some of this stuff. I mean, I think to a certain extent in the last several years that actually has been happening for, uh, for things like minimum wage. Uh, and I, I think it's a little bit trickier how it would work for stuff like uh, – one of the most important things, although not necessarily the most headline grabbing, you know, which is the expansion of Medicare uh, to uh, to include uh, med- you know to include dental and and, and and vision, which you know and like you know, hearing aids you know for uh, for senior citizens, all of which you know is is maybe again not the sexiest headline, but I think is, is really important in 
human consequences of it. And I think that kind of thing probably needs to be federal. But yeah, I mean, I think that especially the past, and if uh, and if there isn't even like a significant version of it that passes, and then uh, you know, with redistricting and everything else, you know, I, I don't want to talk about what's a generation, but uh, at the very least, it could be a while. Uh, and, uh, then I think that yeah, probably uh, probably any kind of progress on, on these things is going to happen have to happen uh, in in a state by state way, which is which is frustrating because I think that it's in some ways it's a trickier route because um, especially business interests like Sir Delaware this can always just say hey you, know, you want to do this we'll leave this. Fascinating stuff. Great insight as always, Ben Burgess. Appreciate you joining us today, uh, helping us work through what the uh, progressives are looking at, what the strategy might be, and what the conversation should be as it relates to a lot of this spending and a lot of these programs uh, that are vital. Uh, Ben, always appreciate your insight. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, And as we look at where we go from here, again, I think it's just a fascinating argument. Uh, Again, a lot of people are trying to paint this as an absolute loss and defeat for the administration. Uh, I actually agree with Ben Burgess on this. I, I think this is a, a setback uh, and some challenges uh, and how they approach it, I think, will be the more telling part of the story. Stay with us. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.